When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You know the number one thing that women say they want in a man is no, not looks, and it's not money. Obviously, those things are great. But the number one thing women say they want in a man is a sense of humor. And guess what? I can help you with that because I teach men how to banter. Yeah, you can actually learn how to banter. So if you're having trouble getting dates or you're always left on red, women don't answer you online, you might have a problem with your banter. But good news for you, learning how to banter, especially with me, is actually really fun. And no one else really teaches you how to banter. So if you actually want women to start responding to you, and not only just responding, but engaging and enjoying and laughing with you, then I think you need to hit me up. That's kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have the amazing Dominique Drew back with us in studio. And she is going to uncover the reasons that you struggle with things surrounding women. The top struggles that men have are approach anxiety, fear of rejection, the friend zone, shyness, inability to meet women. And we are going to tackle each of these struggles that you have and give you a useful tool to use so that these things no longer exist within you. And I am saying that correctly because that is what she is going to do. She's going to teach you how to eliminate those struggles from your life so that you can achieve the success with women that you've always wanted to have. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. 
podcast. We hope you're doing well. I'm your host, Kristen Carney. You guys know me and you know our co-host, as usual, Marnie Kinris, who's from wingirlmethod.com. And we have Dominie Drew from dominiedrew.com with us again today, who was on a while ago. But I know Marnie and Dominie work together to fix Marnie in a certain way. I can imagine Marnie's help, but... <laughs> I know, but I don't need to be fixed. So that was an easy one. I really wanted you to do this as well. I still want you to I work do. with Dominique. Do but first, I want to introduce Dominique to the show and say hello. Thank you for coming back and speaking with us. And before I dive into what Dominique has done for me, I want Dominique to explain a little bit about what she does for those who haven't listened to the past episode that she was on. So you explain it and then I'll explain it better for you. Got it. You got it. <laughs> that actually sounds great because when I explain it, I think it's not it's entirely the process. Love you, ladies. Thank you so much for having me back on. I'm so appreciative. So what I do is I help single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. But what the way I do that is quite fascinatingly a very different approach in some ways from the way Marnie does it, which is expert in its own right. I sort of approach it from the deeper levels, those deeper psychological ways in which we hold ourselves back from what we want. And I have started recently opening up. I work with women and with people in relationships because really, whatever it is that you're struggling with in your dating life, it doesn't tend to be an actual dating problem. It tends to be a personal problem that's just manifesting in your dating life. And if that's the case, that means it's manifesting in other areas of your life as well. So I have people come to me because they want more confidence or they want to be more authentic or they want to be better on stage. I had a guy who wants to be a rock star come to me because he had anxiety on stage and (laughs) that took about a month and the anxiety was gone. And so it really can uh, apply in a lot of different areas, which makes it quite fascinating work. Yeah. Well, the thing is that I've learned from my experience with you is that once you free up this space that you're holding for these negative, I don't even know what to classify them as, but negative feelings, negative views, belief, whatever they are that's in place, First of all, you free up your space for so much more time to think about wonderful things instead of focusing on all of these negatives. So if somebody does have anxiety or they have bitterness or they feel unhappy, what really ends up happening is that you spend so much time fixating and focusing on being unhappy and bitter and angry that you miss out on all of the great things around you. So I can't even remember what I came to you for. And that's part of the process is that you forget the purpose in the very beginning. I remember the first time I spoke to you, I was saying that I felt overwhelmed. Lackluster was probably a word that I said that like, I'm doing all of these great things. All of these great things are happening for me, but I'm just, I'm not happy. I'm not enjoying these things. And I don't know if it's COVID related because life's kind of weird right now or if it's me. And so the work that we started doing with each other, I don't know if it was directly related to that, what came out of it, But I'll be very transparent and say that I have some difficulties with my husband when we get into arguments because as soon as there is something that says, I don't like you, in my mind, right? That's my belief system. My brain goes into defense mode where I want to protect myself. So I start thinking of all the ways that I don't like him. He doesn't say I don't like me, but I assume that him being angry about something or being snippy about something, whatever, like normal people are, is a direct attack on how he feels about me. And it sent me into this spiral before where I would be like, we should get divorced. We shouldn't be with each other. This is horrible. He's a bad man. And then we would make up and we would talk and I'd be like, oh no, he's totally fine. But I would hold on to some of that still and it would be hard for us to recover. 
And so a lot of the work that we did wasn't geared towards my husband. It was geared towards how I defend myself from others hurting me. Because that pattern happens with vendors that I work with, with not clients that I have, but with my parents, my family members, my friends. It was a repeated pattern that I had been doing for my entire life. And Domini explained to me that it's something I developed in childhood with my childlike brain that made a general rule that if somebody speaks to you in this tone or doesn't like what you say, then they don't like you and they're going to hurt you in the long run. And so for me, I developed my own defense mechanisms. But as an adult, which is the work that Domini and I did, we helped provide a more logical explanation, an expanded explanation as to what's going on. Anyway, it's a long-winded thing. But I can tell you that now when I come across a very similar situation with vendors and my husband, my husband's the one that happens most often, that I now try to make my brain go in that direction where I try to think about all those negative things. And my brain literally pushes me back and says, no, 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 don't go there. It's not right. Stay in the moment. And I can't even explain to you unless you go through this. And maybe people who work with Domini, I don't know if they have different experiences, but that was my experience that a belief that I had before that was causing me tons of pain and frustration and a disconnect between those that I loved or those that I wanted to work with is now not even part of my programming. And I can't go there anymore, which I think is absolutely insane. So that was a long winded way of explaining what happened to me. And what I wanted to do on this call with Domini is I wanted to take some of the struggles that you, being the guys who are listening or people that are listening, that you have on a regular basis around women and get to the deeper cause of what may be going on and provide you with some tactics on how to set yourself free of that past programming. Because once you wipe that stuff clean, it doesn't exist anymore. And you can start to open yourself up to new ways of thinking. And so I had put something out on my Facebook group that anybody can become a member of. If you buy a program from me, you get free access to this Facebook group. There's 4,000 guys on there who are every single day. I don't even have to go on anymore because they don't even care what I have to say. They are there advising each other and sharing information and just coaching each other through the process of being successful with women. And I said, what are your biggest struggles? And like 95 guys wrote back. And the major ones that popped up were fear of rejection, approach anxiety, friend zone, and being shy. Shy was the other one as well. So again, enough of me talking. I want to put the you know mic back to Domini and hear what you have to say about these struggles that men go through and provide some solutions on how to eliminate those struggles. I'm actually really glad that you took as much time as you did. This is the best example you can give is your own experience because it can be difficult to speak about in theory. It can sound a little magical. It can sound a little untrue, to be honest. It can sound... I've had people come straight at me and be like, uh, it sounds too good to be true. Right. And, I mean, speaking of self-sabotage, for God's sakes, they tell me their problem and I go, yep, absolutely, I can help you fix that. And they go, no, you can't. Right. And I go, well, there it is right there. <laughs> right. Meet self-sabotage. Your experience was stunning and was a perfect example and a common example. This happens pretty much anybody who works with me and sticks with it and didn't even take you very long. Like four sessions, four sessions. God, is that all? Man, that's wild. I was fine after the third. I just wanted to continue talking to you. Yeah, there's more. I mean, the next issue, so that issue is totally eliminated. This is exactly the way it was for me. I've been doing this work for 20 years myself and I was a mess 20 years ago. I was a mess. And not just in the sort of way like we all kind of grow and, and work some shit out, but like... 
I was deeply, deeply insecure. I was always focused on like what other people thought of me and what they were thinking. And I was really anxious. I was always focused on the future. Guys, if you struggle with anxiety, it tends to be correlated a lot with spending a lot of time existing in the future or worrying about or focused on the future that produces anxiety. I just want to sidebar here and say that anxiety is something that we seem to have accepted as a culture. And I think that's a real shame and totally BS. Not that it can be sort of a, a magical thing, but there have been magical experiences in, with people who struggled so badly with anxiety, they couldn't even walk into a department store. And then within a few weeks, you know, and with like self-medicating to the point of an ability to function and within a few weeks, completely, I mean, it's completely solved, it's completely dissolved. Anxiety is not something that you're born with and you're going to die with necessarily. It's just another issue. One of the things I was thinking of, Marnie, when you were speaking is that had you kept going, right? Had you not addressed the problem at its core, which is what we did, that's why the results come so quickly. Not because anything odd, it's just... I go directly to the source of the problem. It doesn't need to take a long time. I just don't treat the symptoms. If you treat the symptoms, it's going to take a long time. You might still get there, which is great. But if you go straight to the core of it, within a few sessions, you've identified the issue and, and you've got your coping mechanisms. If you practice them, the issue's gone. You've learned a new habit. Done, done. And so if you didn't address that, it will tend to show up in different ways, right? And ultimately, it will actually lead to uh, physical disorder. Because what it is, is it's an emotional disorder in a way, right? You're doing something that's inaccurate. You're overreacting. You're, what was happening in the moment was you were reacting with your husband in a way your sort of child self was coming out. Your child self was reacting to something your parents did and it was coming out in the moment. So it's almost like a misdirect, right? Like a misprogramming in a way. Something happened when you were a kid. Some wires got crossed. And now every time X happens with your husband, you remember something that happened when you were a kid. And so you're out of alignment with yourself, right? You're a little off balance in that way. I'm going to interrupt you for one second because Please. in my experience, one of the things that you taught me on our second call that we had with each other was to stay in the moment with my feelings. And you yes. said, when I feel triggered in some way, instead of going to my typical space of, oh, we're not good with it for each other. He's so horrible. I'm so horrible. We don't get each other. I should go into a room by myself for five minutes and just speak in the here and now about what I'm feeling so I can stay very present with my emotions. And that really helped. Like, so I went into the room and I said, I'm upset right now because what he said hurt my feelings, <laughs> as opposed to, we're not good for each other. We shouldn't mm -hmm. be together. And those are drastically different things, but that's where my brain would go to quite often to defend myself. But the reality was that he just hurt my feelings for that moment. And when I can go back to him, which I did after this, and said, you know, you really hurt my feelings when you said this. And he was like, oh my God, I didn't even realize that that hurt your feelings. I'm so sorry. And then it could be healed really fast. And same thing, I was able to practice that with vendors that I work with where something was off. I don't remember specific situations, but I'm assuming it was something like, I didn't like what they suggested or they didn't hear me and they did something differently. And right away, I was like, we shouldn't work with each other. I've wasted my money on them, blah, blah, blah. And instead, I stayed in the here and now. You know, what am I really frustrated about? Okay, I'm frustrated because they didn't really hear what I was saying. I think I need to say it a different way. And then I would go back and I would say, no, like this is not for me. Let's move on or something because they would keep pushing. That's what the situation was. I remember talking to you about that specifically. Then they responded with, okay, let's move on. Whereas in the past, I sort of like got kind of bitchy where I was like, 
you didn't hear me the first time. Like, obviously, you're doing this because I'm a woman, whatever belief system I have. And it, it would come out much better. And then we could effectively transition to a new space where nobody felt hurt in some way. Anyway, I'm just getting us on a different tangent. But I, I do want to just be clear on the effect of this for me. But I want to definitely talk about the key struggles that guys are having. And I want to hear from Kristen as well. Are you just like, these people are insane and this would never work for me? Or are you, what do you think? <laughs> well, you know me, I'm always really cynical. So, and I'm getting better at it. <laughs> for someone like me, and I'm sure there's guys listening, unfortunately for them, are like me. And they feel so buried in a hole that it's like, you don't need a shovel to get you out of that hole. You need an entire bulldozer. crane bulldozer <laughs> to just rip up all the shit. And so I think, can one person do that? Can one person be in control of this bulldozer that I need? I don't want to say I doubt it, but truly in my core, I do doubt it. But I have learned now from all the people that have come on our show from over the years that you can make progress and you can make changes and you can learn. So I don't want to be a doubter and a hater, but the natural part of me. But I doubt and hate everything that you're saying. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) See, I get you, Kristen. I get you. But I do know it can work. I do know. Yeah. So I love this for two things. So one is that, Kristen, you just mirrored what Marnie was talking about in a really beautiful way. So if you'll notice the difference in Marnie's language when she was describing how she was dealing with her issue, she was saying, my body was saying... Or, you know, my mind was saying, oh, this is, he's the worst. I'm the worst. This marriage is over. Forget it. Notice that those are all generalizations. They're huge statements that are actually at their core unprovable. Right. What do you mean you're horrible? How do you know? Is every single aspect, every single cell in your body, every intention, which you can't possibly know, actually all horrible? So it's a generalization. And that is a sign that you're in a childlike place. You're triggered. I always am. I'm sitting here with a teddy bear, basically. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> like a metaphorical teddy bear. Mm-hmm. You should get a real one. I know. <laughs> yeah. Thumb in your mouth and a teddy bear. Yes. True. And so it's really common because most of the time we live life or often we'll live life in this place that's a little out of reality, right? Yeah. The fact of the matter is you don't actually know whether what I do works or not. That's the actual reality, right? Correct. That doesn't actually incur doubt automatically. The doubt is from past experience, generalizing to this one. Yes, exactly. It's like throwing a blanket over everything. Like what I know, I'm just going to take is this huge blanket. I'm going to throw it over everything and then never lift the blanket up again. Absolutely. And you can totally do that. It will, however, sabotage your happiness quite significantly. Yeah. As an example here, it just so happens, I do have the skill set to help you out of your bulldozer situation. I know that. You don't know that. That's fine. But since I'm sitting in my reality, I sit here seeing this and I see the doubt, which is legit in the sense that you have good reason to have it. So I'm not mad at the doubt. I don't, there's nothing that I'm ever going to take personally that you're ever going to say. That's not a thing. So that's perfectly fine. That's your experience. What I'm also seeing is that blanket, since I know I can solve your problem and I know you have a problem and you'd like to change it, or I'm making a little assumption there since you brought it up, right? Assuming you have a problem that you want to change it, I can change it. And because of that blanket, you're not considering the possibility that it might work. Right, right. And so therein, there's a self-sabotage, see? Right, right. So how do you lift up that blanket? Great question. It takes trust. And the things that you, I know you're sort of riffing and you're kidding, but the words you're choosing are skeptic, doubt, hater, right? <laughs> you're being playful, but those are all along a certain line. So if you were, and I were in a session, you were like, oh, 
this isn't gonna work. My first question would be, how are you with trust? I trust that I don't trust. That's my trust. Okay. (laughs) So it exists because you have it. And that's the thing you choose to put it in. I feel safer if I don't trust. I know that if I don't trust, I'll be okay. That's trustworthy. Mm -hmm. So every element, every aspect of you, it can be in an aligned way that helps you or in a kind of fucked up way that sabotages you. Right. But you think it's helping you. Uh, And often you think it's helping you. It's exactly right. Because you're feeling protected, which is great if there were danger out there. But notice that you're protecting yourself in this situation where actually there's a potential to help. I just mean that in this situation, notice how you have a defense. Is it okay if I call that defense? Does that feel right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tell me I have bullshit. That fits. That you bullshit? I'm full of bullshit. Well, but except that it's a really logical sense of bullshit. It's like a really good reason. I can tell you have good reasons not to trust. Oh, hell yes. You're sitting there being like, I'm very comfortable here. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Nothing wrong with that at all. Interesting though, that you would defend yourself in this situation. Where's the threat? It's a ghost. It's like shadow boxing. I don't know. No, I'm pretty mean to her. So I understand if she feels threatened, right? <laughs> right. But you're not talking at the moment. I am. And so the word is just reacting to the threat of you. She sees my eyes. She knows it's coming. <laughs> so the defense becomes a problem when it goes on autopilot. Great point. Amazing point. So this is out of your control because you're skeptic and doubtful, protecting yourself, which feels probably very right and good and healthy and safe for you against something which is not coming at you. Right. Nobody's coming at you with a knife. Nobody's even physically in your room. We're all on Zoom here, right? So that's how you know. Same with approach anxiety. They imagine approaching a woman and they break into sweat in their palms and their sympathetic nervous system kicks in as if it's a fight or flight situation. But no saber-toothed tiger is coming. Right. Nobody's coming at you trying to hurt you. So if you have to defend yourself, your defenses are on autopilot and that's when they become self-sabotage. Right. It's almost like I picture it as someone in a mental hospital who's like, no, I swear, there's things in here that are trying to hurt me. And everyone's like, no, there's not. There's nothing in the room. And you're like, but there is. Nothing in the room. You are by yourself in a padded room. Right. Yeah. And what the work I did with Domini... It's literally just me sitting in a chair and checking in with my body and then getting my body to tell me what's going on yes. instead of my head. And here's why. Because your head has the story. Is it okay if I keep using you as an example, Kristen? Yes, yes. Use me all night yeah. long. Oh, so her, your yeah. head is saying, ooh, <laughs> do my hair a little bit here. <laughs> Turn into a different show just now. Okay, interesting. So when you're feeling, when you're like, yep, I definitely need it. This is bullshit. That's your head speaking because I haven't yet proven myself to be bullshit. When I prove myself to be bullshit, then it's reality and you go, see that over there? That's bullshit. You will naturally do that as a sideline quite well because you're naturally, you've got some skepticism. Skepticism isn't bad. Doubt isn't bad. Autopilot is bad. Right now in this situation, you're protecting yourself from a solution to, some, to a bulldozer situation. That's a big image you just put. And then it got bigger and bigger. It was like crane and bulldozer. <laughs> and like, it's like, I was like, Jesus, okay, I can feel this. That's a big deal. So it's just the parts that are on autopilot. So why do I sit there and have Marnie look at her body? <laughs> I wish I had a screenshot of the first time that we did as Marnie. You looked at me like I was batshit crazy. You're like, you want me to do what? Because <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm like, you want me to sit here in silence? And then she made me do it for like half an hour. It's like torture for me. I did. She was like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, just humor me. 
Just humor me. I think that's actually where the best work came out with you because, because I spoke up and I was like, this is a waste of life for me. And then she's like, what is a waste of life? I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, interesting. And that showed me that she had an image around if I'm not doing something, if I'm not doing something, if I'm not doing something, then I'm wasting life. I'm going to waste life. I'm going to die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not accomplish something. And Right? Even the, the phrasing of that statement, this is a waste of life. And you're, I totally forgot that statement. You're, it's exactly what yeah. you said. And that is a very strong statement. It's not just like, you know, Dami, I'm, I'm feeling a little kind of bored and uncomfortable. Can we do something else? Very mild. But with strong statements like that, in a situation where there's literally no stimulus, that shows that she's triggered. Right? So again, regardless of what your issues are, guys, if you're listening, is your response matching the situation? Because in both those situations, it wasn't. And that's a little bit of a red flag. Actually, that's the red flag. It's a huge red flag. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's take a quick break because I want to come back and I want to talk specifically to the guys that are listening about the top struggles. And if you can provide some guidance on why those struggles are there for them, maybe where they come from, and then suggestions for guys to, or to work on this on their own at home to eliminate those. That would be awesome. Then Kristen can have her own session after this. <laughs> All right, we'll be back okay. in a minute with Dominic Drew. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. All right, we're back. Let's dive into the top struggles that guys are having. So what would you say from the guys that you work with is the top struggle? So we've listed fear of rejection, approach anxiety, shyness, friend zone. Is there a core connection for all of these or are there separate ways of looking at each of them? Or is there something else that overrides these things that's like more common for you from the guys that you speak to? Yeah, I'm so glad those are the topics that came in because those are actually some of the most common ones that I hear as well. I would add into this, and I love the way you phrased that question, is there a commonality here? Because I think the one I'm adding in is the commonality and that would be low self-worth. And also patterns of settling negative relationship patterns that keep happening, you don't know why, usually come from settling. Settling comes from low self-confidence. If I don't get this one, then I'm not going to get anyone ever. Well, that'll make you take whatever you can get, right? And of course, that's going to lead to the wrong relationship, which just means it's going to end, it's going to be unhappy, and it can be abuse and all sorts of terrible things. Or to no relationship because you're going to be needy with people. Or to no relationship, yeah. Or because you had such terrible experiences, you'd rather be single than even try again. So I would say that low self-worth, low self-confidence would really underlie a lot of that. Fear of rejection. Let's think about this. If you get rejected, right? Fear of rejection is massive. That's what I'm talking about. Same thing with approach anxiety. You see a woman. In fact, these can really be the same thing. Approach anxiety can be caused by fear of rejection, right? I'm afraid to approach because I'm afraid she's going to say no. 
So if you see a woman and you break out in a sweat and your heart starts racing and you start heating up and just like panic starts coming, then what is the actual fear? So let's use the example that you gave, Marnie, because that's a really, really helpful one. The act of stopping and taking some space and listening to your body. Now, that can sound like kind of a hippie statement, right? Here's why this is incredibly important, whether you're a hippie life coach or you're a Fortune 500 exec, okay? Fact of the matter is, the story we were talking about earlier about why the situation is so scary is in your head. She's just a woman. She's not even the goddess of your life, yet you've never met this person. And yet you are putting so much importance on her and her opinion of you that you're freaking out before you even ask anything. And this is literally a stranger. She could be a horrible person. She could have kicked a puppy right before she came into the room where she is with you, you know, and been like, ha, good. You don't know her. And yet you're already deciding that what she thinks of you is A, correct, and B, worth sort of collapsing over. So all of that is happening in your head. And there's, again, just like Kristen, good reasons for it. Something that happened in childhood is triggering that thought process. Okay, cool. Here's the thing though, because it's not in reality, and by reality, I mean like here in the physical world in the present moment, when you bring your awareness down into your body, you disconnect from the story and it puts you into the reality of the moment. So all of those stories, which you can stay lost in for your entire life, and most people do, fades and completely it goes to zero. So let's put this into practical stuff right here. Let's say you see a woman that you want to approach and this is a pattern for you and you get really, really scared. First of all, don't approach in the moment, okay? You're freaking out. Your system is saying no. My recommendation would be at this point, don't push it, okay? In that moment. Instead, I would go, you know, let's say you walk into a gas station, you see someone there. I would go into the men's room, okay? Just close the door. Go somewhere that you're not being seen, okay? And take 10 slow, deep breaths. Not with the intention of calming yourself down, but with the intention of bringing your awareness down into your body. What are you actually feeling? In other words, not what the story is, the generalizations Marnie talked about earlier about like, oh God, she's going to hate me because everybody hates me because I'm a piece of shit and all these huge generalized, unprovable and untrue statements are up in your head and they're sabotaging you and creating a little cage that you live in. If you come down into the body, you get the reality. That's why you go into the body because it's what's really happening. The rest of it is just bullshit, to be perfectly honest and quite literal. So in that moment, follow your breath down and just explore what's happening in your body. One of the most significant things that created a shift for you, Marnie, is when you learn to listen to your body instead of dismissing your reactions. You realize that there was value. There's, oh, something's actually worth listening to. We just sort of dismiss. We just sort of go, oh, yeah, I don't know. I was feeling some anxiety because I have anxiety issues. I'm going to take these pills, right? That can help, right? But the underlying issue is not solved. Look at the moment. Imagine, just pretend. If you think it sounds like woo-woo bullshit, just pretend and also be aware of your self-sabotage there. But pretend for just a minute that what is happening in your body is actually trying to communicate something to you and not just random inconvenient bullshit. When you do that, you start to take it seriously. Then you start to notice patterns. So here we are. So we, we had the gas station situation. You went into the men's room. You're just like, oh my God, okay, just take some moments. 
what do you feel? Okay, I'm feeling into my body. I feel fear. I feel a lot of fear. Cool. Where do you feel that in your body? Let's get specific. Remember, generalizations are the enemy here because they're untrue. They're out of reality. And we're really only interested in reality because the, so whatever's causing your problem is really fucking real, right? So go down. Where in your body do you feel that? And you can take some time to answer that. Maybe, uh, maybe somewhere in my lower belly. Okay, great. What's the shape of it? What's the size? What's the texture? Take your time. Answer these questions. As you ask yourself these questions, you will become more connected and it'll be easier to answer them, okay? And then I want you to ask, you're going to talk to it as if it's real. Again, just pretend if your bullshit meter is going, oh my God, you're eye rolling. Watch that. That's on autopilot. Try it. If it fails, then you can call bullshit. Until then, you're in defense. So come down to the the moment and then I want you to ask it. Imagine it could speak. If it could speak, what would it say? And there's a piece I'm going to make more specific here. It's important that you not answer from your head. And your first instinct is going to be, and your 30th instinct is going to be to answer from your head. So you have to get kind of quiet in your mind and listen to your body. If you could speak, what would you say? And then let yourself be kind of open and let the answer come from your body, like as if you're listening, as if it's another person, right? And you will get the answer every time. This is the entire process. You're literally just listening to what's happening in the moment. You're literally just responding to reality instead of getting lost in the stories in your head. If you can make this distinction, you guys, there's going to be a night and day difference even if this is the only thing that you do. I have clients who now connect their bodies so quickly, they just like close their eyes and they come back because they've practiced it, right? And they go right down and they go, oh, yep, there's a part there. Yep, it feels young. Yep, there's fear. Oh, there's something connected with my father. And they get the answer when you sit with, huh, why am I so afraid of this woman I've never met? You get the answer. It's right there. And it just calms you instantly. It is, even when you were asking those questions, that got me to calm myself down. And then you can approach differently. And obviously, once you get this core part worked on, that's when you can start to use the skill sets that I provide and Kristen provides as well. Because then you can pull them off properly and you can say them with complete belief in yourself behind them. So they become more effective. Yes, massively. Imagine for a second if you've already already taken Marnie's course and you're implementing it and it's going pretty well. Imagine if you could take that course with full self-confidence. How fast would you learn those skills? Yeah. Let's talk about the friend zone for a second because that's a different struggle that people have. We talked about that on my live the other day and I liked what you said that I definitely want to repeat for the podcast audience because I want to hear what you have to say about the friend zone. Yeah, the friend zone is a really tricky one. The first thing that I ask when somebody tells me they get stuck in the friend zone a lot is how comfortable they are escalating, right? Because obviously that's the piece that's missing if you're getting kind of stuck there. My first thought is a low self-confidence because they're unable to ask, to really ask for that escalation that they really want. And then I'm also getting curious about how they are as far as being comfortable with their own sexuality. Do you feel sexy? Are you okay with the fact that she may see you as a sexy being? Are you okay feeling attractive? Or are you more comfortable being a friend? And if there's discomfort, and I've had clients who do this, they're just like, when it comes down to it, I go, so what if the woman of your dreams was just throwing herself at you and they're like, ah, stop, 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 stop. They don't want that. They're uncomfortable being seen that way. And so I find that's really quite common with the friend zone issue. Again, you're connecting something about your own sexuality with something that's not actually accurate, but 
you can't quite tell the difference in your own mind until you come down to your body and look at it a different way. Yeah. And so what happens for most guys? What do they realize when they get down into their body? That they don't see themselves as sexual or that they do see themselves as sexual? What are the common things that you see? I find it's either low self-worth in the sense of she's not going to want me. This is the best I'm going to get. I'll settle for this. Or it's a fear of success. Oh my God, what if she actually likes me? Then what? Pressure. Pressure is another one that I hear. Well, geez, if I escalate and now we're, we're dating, I'm going to have to keep attracting her, right? I've done the scary part. Now what do I do? I'm even more scared, right? Fear of success is a very real thing. And I find that's quite common. Do you come across that as well? Yeah, I think I have a little bit of that. So I understand. (laughs) I do. I did too. I I did clear that before I could start my business. It wouldn't work. (laughs) I think everybody has a little bit of something, right? And there are things that you work on at different points throughout your life. It just... I've done therapy many times. And I got frustrated with therapy when I could go in and direct the therapy in any direction that I wanted to. So I was actually watching this documentary the other day and they had the psychiatrist who was on and they were talking about this law that was made based on... It was something where psychiatrists were able to not analyze, but diagnose a past president in the past or no, somebody else that was in office. They diagnosed him just by seeing what he was doing and it ended up that one of the diagnoses that were huge in the media ended up being quite incorrect and false and the the person battled him. So there's like this case, forget what it's called, where people are not allowed to do that now. And they were talking about how actually the best way for a psychiatrist or a psychologist to assess somebody is from seeing what they do to other people rather than having them in their office. Because when you're in the person's office, you present whatever version of yourself you want other people to see. So people with actually more severe things going on or narcissism or being psychotic, they, they can hide those things from the people that they're talking to. Anyway, my point was that viewing somebody from the outside can actually help you diagnose. With therapists, that was the difference. Because in therapy, I would get really bored because after like the third session, I'm like, I just, I vented for the first few times, felt really good. But now I want results. And they were just like, okay, tell me more about this or this. And then I would just like throw stuff out there because I didn't have more to say. And not that it would be a waste of my time. I got my venting out, but it didn't help me. I never felt like it actually altered something for me. This is not meant to be like an infomercial for Dominique. I'm not trying to sell people on working with Domini, even though that is what I'm saying to go do. Uh, yeah, you are. You're yeah, like, this is exactly... But, and I hope that we're, we're also giving information as well for people. My point is, I work with thousands and thousands and thousands of men over the past decade plus. And almost every single one has something deeper going on with them. Mm-hmm. As much as they come to me for, I like this girl and I want to do this. What do I say? What do I do? And I can give those directions. Typically, I end up going to the deeper place with them. Yes. And what you do is even deeper, right? And so most of my coaching, even if guys come to me for like, how do I say this? My direction for coaching is typically, well... Like, let's look a little bit deeper. Why are you struggling with saying these things? I'm sensing you don't believe that you can pull off a sentence like this. So that is what tends to happen. And it's quite common. So what Domini is saying, what I'm saying is that if there are symptoms going on, like you have approach anxiety, friend zone, not knowing what to say, not sure how to escalate, 
most likely there's something deeper going on. And when you can clear out those deeper things, it makes everything else a hell of a lot easier to do. And then you can learn how to finesse each of those things. But you got to wipe out that bullshit first. Yeah, that's exactly right. I am going to wrap up this show because I think you have said more than enough for people to understand what it is that you do and given them guidance on how to address some of these issues for themselves. So please go and try some of the things that Domini said. I wouldn't suggest going into gas station bathrooms right now, but <laughs> uh, no, I'm oh, just yeah. joking. I'm totally mm-hmm. No, but the point of what Domini was saying is take five minutes to explore what's really going on. And I mentioned this one statement the other day on the Facebook Live that we did where it's something that a client had said to me where he said, if I ever say something, I then ask myself, can you prove it in court? And I thought that was a brilliant mm. statement because then you figure out if your statements are real or if they're based in something else. A statement like that shocks you into a different perspective because it sounds really real in your head, right? And so you have to kind of not be fooled by that. You have to learn to have a little bit of suspicion of your own sort of powerful thoughts because you'll be like, I'm definitely right. And be like, well, can you prove it in court? You're like, oh, oh, hold on. Yeah. And then that's where you can find some evidence. But I think that a lot of what Domini teaches is how to figure out where these things come from within you and then deciding whether or not they're true. And so I think she's fantastic and you should definitely go and work with her. I still think Kristen should go do some work with you. I think it would be... <laughs> Kristen got a little bit of work today. Sorry, no, I didn't she did. that to you. Poor love. I got to give Domini her reps in for working with the most difficult mm-hmm. cases ever. So everything else going forward is a walk in the park. So. Is a walk in the park. Yeah. Exactly. But if anybody wants to find out more about Domini, go to it's dominidrew.com. Yep, that's it. Perfect. And then if anybody wants to work with Kristen for bantering and online profiles, go to kristenandchill.com. I know that you have something really cool coming up. You have like a an eight-week mastermind coming up. I don't know when that's going to be released, but that's pretty exciting. <laughs> mastermind. Yes. No, I could never in a million years do anything called mastermind, but I'm doing <laughs> a full banter course, an eight-week banter course. And Amazing. so I'm actually right now doing my first test run and it's going Ooh, really awesome so far. Amazing. So. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I've seen the results of some of the bantering that she's been teaching guys. And it's phenomenal. I can feel it in my gut when somebody is bantering really well with me. I'm sure you'll say the same thing as well, Domini. But these guys, I can tell when they've worked with you because they change how they talk to me. It's really great. So both of you do fantastic work. So DominiDrew.com, KristenAndChill.com, WingGirlMethod.com is my site if you want to go check it out, which I highly suggest you do. Thank you so much to everybody for being on the show. New episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Don't be silly and download individual episodes. Please go and subscribe to our show so that they just automatically come to your phone or come to your mobile device and then you don't have to think about it. And then you can save time by not having to go and download each episode. And also, if you want to send in questions that we can overanalyze on our show, which we get to from time to time, send them into ask at askwomenpodcast.com. We'll see you next week. 